Uh, you know, I'd like to start by thanking both of you for coming today. Uh, <laughs> no, really, if you're on the internet, we have twice that. So, um, <laughs> thank you, Chris. He got it. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, we'll see what we can do today. Uh, what was wonderful is I can't sing. Uh, besides, I mean, physically this time. Uh, normally I can't sing anyway, but I was able to hear everybody today, um, and listening I'm learning is a wonderful thing. Uh, because of the COVID I had and the speech that was very limited, um, there was no discussions on telephones and very limited talk to my wife, and uh, I did receive a gift from a brother of mine, and he tried to kill me because it was funny, and I started laughing and thought I was going to die. Uh, you know, but when you start thinking of the simple things in life, like breathing, um, you kind of really thank God for the things that we have. Uh, we look at a lot of things that we miss, but it's like, this is good. So I am Ron, your snow pastor. So if it snows, Eric has me come in. Um, so I thank you guys for making the trek through here. Uh, if you're not here, I understand it was bad. I did put my boots on to walk across the street to get here. And, uh, but <laughs> yeah, this, this, this aren't the winter blizzards that you need to be missing church, but I understand. Uh, thank you guys for allowing us to be here in person again. As Eric had said, we've both been sick and, uh, we are better now on the road to a strong recovery. And we thank the Lord for that. Um, as we get into this, the last time we were together, uh, I went through Philippians. We were in chapter three and we were discussing joy. And prior to that was Christmas, and of course, through Christmas, you discuss love. And so today, we're going to continue in Philippians, and we're going to talk about peace. And, you know, the things that we have, love, joy, and peace, you see that on a lot of things for Christmas. You see a lot of that on the nice little Hallmark cards, and, and that's wonderful. Uh, but we're really, truly supposed to live in love, joy, and peace. It's not something Eric and I make up so that we can preach about it. It's what God tells us, and so we preach about it. We thank the Lord for the ability to be here, to hear his word, and to share the love that he has given us. So let's start with a prayer. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you. We know there are a lot of things going on, Lord. We know there are a lot of difficulties. We thank you for the simplicity of the, the virus that Eric and I had gone through. We thank you for your healing powers of recovery. We pray for all those that, Lord, are in sickness, whether physically, emotionally, or mentally. Lord, you are the healer. You are the great physician of our lives, Lord. We pray for health for all those people, that the ones we don't even know about, Lord. We pray your loving hand upon them. But most of all, Lord, we pray for their salvation, their eternal life, and your glory. We thank you, Lord, for that availability in our lives. And we pray, Lord, that your words are spoken this morning, not mine. We thank you for the word that you have given us that we can share with others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, let's turn to Philippians chapter 4, if you would. It starts out, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved I entreat Euodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I also, yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women 
who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. <clears throat> Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts, your minds, in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, is there, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. Thank you, sir. In every... In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now, as we had gone through Philippians, we have to think this is a letter from Paul to the church in Philippi. He is writing to them mainly for encouragement, to bring them joy, to rejoice, to share the things that are in life of what God has given it's a very encouraging letter to them, but there are also problems with this. Uh, the people that are there in the church, and he wants to address these things. This is Paul's first church. This is one that he had founded. When he went to Philippi, he was walking through, and he walked out of the gates, and he went down to the river, and he saw Lydia. This is his first meeting with Lydia that I know of. And he talked to her. She was a seller of purple goods, and he had discussed with her Jesus Christ. She was a lover of God, but he was sharing Christ with her. And through those discussions, Lydia became a convert to Christianity. She had salvation. Paul and Silas had gone through this town, and they were arrested because they released an evil spirit from a woman that was following them. And with that, they were jailed. It goes into, and this is all from Acts chapter 16, it goes into Paul and Silas being in the jail after being beaten and tortured. They were singing hymns in the middle of the night. <clears throat> That's what you do when you're in pain and suffering. Go to God. But they go through there, and this happened in Philippi as well. This is also where God released the chains of Paul and Silas, opened the gates of the prison, and allowed them to go out, but they stayed. And the jailer that was there, once he saw that everything was open, was going to kill himself because once they were released, the punishment for him guarding them would have been death. And before he killed himself, they said, wait, no, we're all here. And he saw what they had done in the grace and mercy that they had on his life by staying there. And he actually asked them what he could do to be saved. And he and his whole family were converted to salvation. So a lot of things that happened in Philippi, and so Paul greatly loved this church, which to be honest with you, if a church is sharing God's word truly, we should love that church. I love this church. This church shares God's word, and you know we shouldn't go against other churches if we know they're sharing God's word. 
We all have differences. We all have other opinions. But when it comes to the black and white salvation through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone, we should love those people. They're our brothers. Just as you guys are my family, the other churches that believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior are your brothers and sisters. So this church, in the letter that he's given, is to the Philippians. And we had gone through, there were several things that he had gone through and talked about. Um, he starts out with thanksgiving for their partnership. This is after the fact that the church had started. And they went welcoming him and helped him and prayed for him. And he was telling how, how much that meant to him. He talked about being in prison in different areas. And it actually advanced the call for Christ. It actually advanced the gospel for him being in a bad situation. He said how that was working in all the good things that God had desired. He talked about living and dying, that to live is Christ. And he talked about, man, I don't know, if I die, that's wonderful. If I live, I can help you guys. So now I'm just going to stay here and live and help out. And he gave that example. And then he talked about Christ's example of humility. He went on and, and showed how Christ himself had humbled himself and came to earth. And to share with that, for Christ doing that, what should we do? Should we be arrogant? Should we lead, you know, and be ourselves and care about ourselves? No. We follow God. So he goes through those things. He speaks of righteousness in the faith of Jesus Christ, knowing that Jesus has us, that it's not questionable, that faith in Jesus Christ is our salvation. There is nobody that can pull us out of his hand. There is nothing that anybody can do, including ourselves, that can take that away from us. Christ is a gift. We have received it. He spoke of that righteousness and the faith. And he also told us about that we're on a journey. We're actually doing something. We're not here as puppets. We're not here to just sit and stay and wait to be called to heaven. God gave us a life. He gave you birth in the location where you're at, and he gave you the life that you have. You haven't made that as much as you think. You haven't done that. You didn't say, I'm going to be born now, and I'd like to be born in a warm climate. Uh, put me in California. We didn't have that choice. God decided where we were going to be born. He decided our parents. He decided those that are around us. He decides everything that we do every day. We think we have a lot of choices. We are to follow God. God is the one in control. Nothing happens on this earth without it going through God. We have to remember that. So, we remember that. We remember that we are on a journey. And we remember that God is our goal. Citizenship in heaven is where we really want to be. Yes, to die is the best. It really is. As crazy as that sounds. But we're also not taking the gift of the life that God has given us and throwing that away. God has given it to us. We take it as a blessing and we deal with it. So, we're going to start out <clears throat> chapter 4. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Obviously, he starts with therefore, and that's why I reviewed what had happened through the other chapters starting in this book. So, therefore, because of all of those things that he has already said, he says, whom I love, the church in Philippi is this letter going to, but because we have God's word and it has been saved and has been protected and has been given to us, we are ones that he loves and long for joy and crown. He says, stand firm. 
Well, why? You just told us that everything's okay. What do you mean stand firm? What are, what's going on? Well, sometimes we don't realize that we're walking on a fence. We're in the world, but we're not of it. So we have God here, and we have the world here. Now, the great thing to do, and the right thing to do, is jump into God's playhouse, his yard. Stay in his yard. Don't leave his yard. We don't have to. Stay in God's yard. But we're human. So what we do is we see a fence. And we have God. We have the world. And there's a fence. So we climb up on that fence. And we teeter. And we go back and forth. And we go, hey, what, what do you guys got? What's over there? What do I see? Is that better than what's over here? No, the answer is no. We don't take that. We think it is. Grass is always greener. So we're up on a fence where we shouldn't be. We're pondering things we shouldn't think about. We should be in God's yard safely, thinking of God. You know, it goes back to Adam and Eve. They're in the Garden of Eden. There is nothing they are lacking. Not one thing. But there is something different. So out of the thousands, millions of all the other trees... They go to the one that they shouldn't go to. What's over there? We do that on the fence. We're drawn. And when you start looking, I'm getting older. When I drive and I was young, I could go, hey, what's over there? And the car would keep going straight. And they go, hey, what's over there? And the car would be going straight. Now, I go, hey, what's over there? And the car comes with me. I go all over the road. By age, doesn't mean I'm getting better. But when we're on that fence, we do that too. We start looking at the world. And we go, hey, what's over there? And when we look, we're drawn. We start heading that way. And when we're on that fence, we can fall. It doesn't mean we're going to jump down and it's all going to be rosy. We're going to fall. We're going to hit. It's not going to be good for us. He says, stand firm. So you know what? Grab that fence post. If you're going to be on that fence, grab that fence post. Why? Because God owns that fence. Stick with God. You want to play on the edge, you better have a firm hold of God. I suggest don't play on the fence, but have a firm hold. Stand firm. Okay, so I'm getting older, but I'm pretty strong. Can I hold on tight enough all by myself? No. Not a chance. So he continues this and not just stops and stand firm. He says, thus, in the Lord. Stand firm in the Lord. Don't hold on by your strength. God has got you. God has got his hand on you. Nobody can touch you. God is there. Stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. Why does he love them? Why are they his beloved? Because they are his family. They are sons and daughters of God. God loves them. We love them. Stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. A simple sentence, and Eric had hit on it two weeks ago on the internet. But it's very important, guys. Stand firm. <clears throat> he continues to go on. Now there's a problem in the church. There's a problem in the church of Philippi. Paul, as we had said, is in prison. We don't know exactly where he's in prison. The best guess is Rome. Could be Caesarea. Could be a couple other places. We just don't know. 
And I've always determined if God hasn't told us, it's not a big issue. But we do know he's in prison. He's not sitting in Philippi chatting with people side by side. And he gets word. So if you guys ever go to the back of your Bible, you have maps and you find where Rome is and where Philippi is. There's a great distance. They didn't have cell phones. They weren't doing talk to text. They weren't doing anything. So somehow, whatever was happening here gets back to Paul. Okay, Paul doesn't discuss, hey guys, this is the reason and we need to correct it. The reason doesn't even matter. The reason is never told to us. But the problem is, is he understands there's division. He understands that something is going on between two lovers of the same Lord, members of his family, are arguing and are not together in rejoicing and loving the Lord. There's some sort of problem, and, and we have no idea who or what it is. But it's pretty impressive that the importance of it is that there's a distraction in the church. There's not unity. There's gossip, there's talk, there's division. I can only speculate what it is. But I can easily think about myself and what I've said about other people in other churches. Whether they were correct or incorrect, I was incorrect by discussing it with others and saying how bad they were, or they do that, or they do this, and going in and talking about them. That's where the problem was, is I didn't have unity with lovers of Christ. I pray that we don't have it here. I don't see it here. I'm sure that I'm out of the couple loops, and, and there may be. But you guys, if there is, we need to stop. We don't need division and disunity, not only through our families, through our church, or through Christ's church, which is everyone that loves him and speaks his word. So he goes on, he says, I entreat Yodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Like, hey guys, get it together. We ask the same thing when there's two parties coming in and, and Eric gets us. People come up, hey, this person's doing this, that person's doing this. What Eric would love to do is bring them together. Guys, can we get over this? Let's not dwell on the problem. Let's dwell on the love that's missing between you two. Can we get together? Can we be together? So he asked them, Paul says, please, don't fight. Don't bring division. Don't let others from outside see that we're just like them in the world, that we don't care about others, that we don't love, that we don't share, that we're not joyful, that we just want to argue and bicker and fight in all the things that are against Christ. That's not where we belong and that's not what we should do. So Paul first asked them, agree in the Lord. He calls them out by name. But he doesn't say, you guys are wrong or you're wrong or you're wrong or this or that. He just says, please, agree in the Lord. He says, yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women. Okay, guys, we're not going to be perfect. Okay, and, and to the best of your knowledge, if you're not in disagreement with someone and, and you're not in a battle line and, and your close friends or people you know are battling, we don't just turn our back and go, oh my goodness, look at that. Look what's going on over there. Hey, you see that? What we should do, if you have that relationship, don't just butt in. 
If you have that relationship which God has granted you, join with them and see if you can help them resolve things. If you can't resolve the problem, show them the unity that is required in love. Try to bring them together. Don't be a bitty body or whatever and, and just point out people and say, I'm going to fix them, I'm going to fix them, I'm going to fix them. That's not, that's not what we're here to do. But what we're here to do is if you see struggles, Paul is saying, please help. Get in and bring them together. Don't ignore it. Don't leave it be. Don't let it fester. Don't let it grow. Don't let others outside of the church join in. Try to fix this. And by fixing it, you guys, sometimes no words are needed. Join them in love. Give them a hug. I love you. I care about you. I love this person and I care about them. I wish we could be together. God will resolve the conflict. They just need to surrender their pride and their selves to it. So he asked them to fix it. He asked us to join in and fix it. He also says, women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together, he knows that they love Christ. We love Christ, so it doesn't make us immune to problems. But we have a direction that we should go in how we should work on things. With Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. He says names are in the book of life to share with you that, that your name is in the book of life, their name is in the book of life, we are sons and daughters of God. We're together. Where is the disunity coming from? It should be from nowhere. Remember that they are family. Remember that they are loved by God above all. So we should love them as well. Try to get it back together. He goes on and he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. You know, when we're in these problems... And things are coming down. How can you rejoice? I've been known that to me, I don't take a lot of bad input. If you're going to insult me, please grab my face, hold it, and go, I'm going to insult you now because I probably won't get it. <laughs> you're going to have to make... I know, see? that? Yeah, now Eric can really reach out to me. See, last week, if you could catch me when I couldn't talk at all, then you'd go, Ron, <laughs> now I get to talk. But rejoice in the Lord always. It doesn't mean ignore everything that's bad. It means where are you looking? Where are you looking when you're in a problem? You're looking at that problem. So what it starts out with, guys, is believe me, what you are thinking is where your feelings are going to come from. If you're thinking about disunity and anger and frustration and what people did to you, if you're thinking about yourself and how much you need and people should be doing this for you, they should be doing that and I want this and I want that, guess what? Your feelings are going to be that of rejection, of loss, of need. I don't have enough. What about me? I didn't get this. You're going to be self-centered and it's going to come on you. You're going to be depressed. You're going to have anger. You're going to have frustration. All of these things are 100% on the other side of peace. You're thinking about yourself. You're thinking about how to battle the world and why people aren't good to you. What's going on? Those are your thoughts. The result of those thoughts are everything that is not peace in your life. 
So, <clears throat> can you take all the things away that people are doing to you? Can you take away the things that are happening in the world? Can you change everything by a flip of a switch? No. What can you do? You have the ability to think. Your thoughts go to God. A huge volcano erupted. An island was covered. We had no information. Oh my gosh, what do I do? I'm going to need a boat. i got to go out there and take him some water. No, you can't. It won't work. Other people are already in motion for that. Pray. Go to God. Bring your prayers to God. Bring your anxiety to God. Oh my. Everything that happened was under God's control. We look at the devastations of the world. We look at coronavirus. Wow, I got the virus. I looked at it. I took a test. Positive. Ah! Where'd my thoughts go? God's got this. I'm going to be delayed. Tell Eric that he's sick too. <laughs> so, so I had, hey buddy, I'm positive. You and I were hanging out. <clears throat> but honestly, my thoughts were 100% peace. I didn't fear that anything was going to happen to me. I knew whatever step was going on that God was going to be there. To be honest with you, there were a few things I was looking forward to. Loss of appetite, you know, so I could lose some weight. Loss of taste and smell so I could eat vegetables. You know. <laughs> I didn't get any of those bonuses. The, the people around me benefited well because I couldn't talk. I got to know my wife. That was really cool. I'm like, wow, she talks. So I got to learn a lot about her. Now, but, you know, it is... There is a difference of me having to listen a little more than I do. So, we can rejoice in the things. I wasn't happy that I had COVID, but you know what? I wasn't upset. It didn't hurt me. I did have some anxieties for the people I was around. Eric got it, but he was doing well. Chris and John missed it. Yeah, yeah. We were together, but they didn't get it, but I was praying for both of them and for their spouses and the people they were around. One of the hard things was is I didn't want to share that. I don't want to share bad. But I was able to share with Eric the good things. Eric tried to call me, and we sent a couple texts. How you doing? Good. Just can't breathe. Everything's okay. So, <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? But it was a good time. My wife and I did a lot of puzzles. We were together. She never got sick. I rejoice in that. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. We have the ability to do that in any situation, you guys. No matter how ill we are, what kind of pain we're in, or what's happening in our finances or the world around us, God is in control, and I'd want to be nowhere else than in the hands of the Lord when things come upon me. I can rejoice in that. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. <clears throat> reasonableness, gentleness, caring, love, let that be known to everyone. Let them know what you received. Because if you're unsettled in your life, you can't share peace with anybody else. If you're disgruntled and angry, you're not sharing love. If you're not happy and you're not thinking of the Lord, you can't share joy. All you're going to do is perpetuate the bad things that are going on. That's not where we're to be. We're to be in the hands of the Lord. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about everything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Guys, everything that we have, we can put up to God. 
We can tell Lord, hey, I screwed up. I even caused this problem. And I'm going to release it to you because I have no ability here. Please, Lord, whatever your will is, do it. Because you know what, guys? God's answer to your prayer is much better than your answer that you're asking for. Release it to the Lord. Don't tell Him how to do it. Don't tell Him what you want. Tell Him who you love, which is Him. Release it to the Lord and your anxieties will be gone. God's got this. Same with the virus when I found the positive. There was no anxiety. God, whatever happens, you got this. Whether I'm struggling, whether I take it easy, whether things go well, it's all in your hands. And you want the best for me. And you know what it's going to take. Pray to Him. Thanksgiving. With Thanksgiving. How many of you got up this morning and said, Lord, thank you for this beautiful day? Yeah, I did. You know, snow's beautiful. You know, a lot of people woke up and grumbled and, oh my gosh, it snowed. I can't get out. I can't do this. I can't do that. Thank the Lord for things. Give Him thanksgiving in all things. When you're doing this, when you're praying to God, when you're asking with supplication and thanksgiving, guess what you receive? Peace. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. There's no way I can have peace. There's no way in my mind that I can have peace in this. This is crazy. Hey, I have peace. Where'd that come from? I don't know. Came from God. Why did it come from God? Because He is the God of peace. And He is with us. Just as it says, what we have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. We have eternal life. And some people think, yep, when I go to heaven, it's going to be good. We have eternal life and God is with us right now. We will have peace in heaven. We have peace now. We have God with us right now. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, is there, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Hmm, stuff? No. Let's look back. Whatever is true, God is truth. Whatever is honorable, God is honorable. Whatever is just, God is just. Whatever is pure, God is pure. Whatever is lovely, God is lovely. Whatever is commendable, God is commendable. If there is any excellence, God is excellent. If there is anything worthy of praise, God is worthy of our praise. Think about these things. Think about God. 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 Exactly. God gives a mic drop, and it should. You guys, that's where peace comes from. Peace is not something we can't obtain. Peace is a gift from God. Our goal is not to find peace. Our goal is to be with God who freely and graciously gives us peace. If we're thinking of God, we have peace. There's no excuse. 
to turn off the internet, to walk out that door and not have peace in your heart, to walk out here with everything that's frustrated you before this church service and be pondering what you're going to do, how you're going to do, and what's going to happen when it happens, being struggling and, and anxious, throw it all away, guys. Give it to God. Think of His wonder. Think of His greatness. Think of His purity. We can have peace. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Guys, if you want love, if you want joy, and you want peace, turn your mind off the world, turn it to God. All these things are a free gift, readily available. It is not a hard thing to find. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your word and for the peace, Lord, that you just give us through talking, through the peace that you give us through the love that you allow us to share with others. To read from your word, Lord, and know that not only was this a letter to the Philippians, it was a letter to us. To have that protected for these so many years and to allow us to receive it in our hearts. Lord, may we take this week and each day that we have and just saturate ourselves with you. Let us not ignore the things of the world, but let us truly remember who is in control. Lord, nothing happens without you. We thank you, Lord, for the lives you have given us, for the day that we have, for the breath that we take. You are an awesome Lord. We thank you for all that you have given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.